Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number 14. I'm Sean. And I'm Jack. And we are coming to you live from Dockside Margaritas at a very festive Disney Springs on a Saturday night. Kind of also a very questionable night because there are some dark clouds rolling in. So we're hoping not to have to pause this and relocate. We're going to do our best not to, but forgive us if there's an edit. Otherwise, uh, we have a lot to talk about. But it's a great vibe here tonight. Like, there are so many people celebrating. I've seen so many people here in their caps from graduation. Uh, as we were online for our margaritas, there was a bachelorette party starting off their evening right. Uh, everybody's just in a very celebratory mood. I'm going to celebrate the last weekend of relatively low crowds before the summer tourists kick in. Yeah, uh, it's almost over. It's almost over for us. Um, Let's talk about margaritas just for a second before we launch in here. Um, I got the Sunset Margarita. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's a classic. What do you have? Tried and true. Uh, I did seasonal, which is chipotle pineapple, and we know I love it. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Here we are. Ah. It's such a magic elixir. (laughs) Um, That is still very much frozen. I haven't gotten any up out of the straw. I'm going to try and just drink it. I don't think I've had that one yet. Yes, you have. Oh, I had it last year. You tried this because Chipotle was not sitting well with you, and then you tried it and you liked it. Yeah. I think you even had a whole one to yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you would be mistaken. I did not have a whole one to myself. Mm, I'm going to go back and listen to them. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go back into the archive. But we have an awful lot to talk about tonight. This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal Radio can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases. All right, let's start with what are we watching right now? Because that's a segment that's going to get phased out by next year. Oh, gosh. Um, we just, not just, but since our last recording finished this latest season of The Mandalorian. Not my favorite season of The Mandalorian. It was very good. It was still very good. But nothing to me beats the second season. I agree, yes. Yeah, second is still a standout in my mind. I would have to rewatch, and I think by the time we get to season four, we're going to have to rewatch the first three because it's been so long, especially with Book of Boba Fett in the middle. I kind of forgot what happened. Um, but overall, I remember not being as invested in this season as I was in the first two. But I did really like Bo-Katan Kreese. I I loved the character. I loved the actress. I thought that was all really cool. I liked her whole story arc. Yeah, I mean, take my arm and twist it. You want to watch the first three seasons of The Mandalorian again. Uh, We finally picked up Andor again. We had started that. I think we had gotten like three episodes in, and then we just stopped. And it was for no reason more than we just didn't really have the time to commit to it. Yeah, We were trying to uh, finish the whole thing before we reviewed Rogue One, uh, but we didn't get quite that far. But, um, I I mean, I love Rogue One. We said it when we reviewed the episode. It is my favorite Star Wars, um, and I've been enjoying Andor quite a bit. Um, Speaking of other things that we we haven't had a chance to watch, we've also been working like crazy, both of us. Um, I, I am remiss for not watching Muppets Mayhem yet. 
I don't have the heart to watch without you, though. We are very much on opposite schedules lately. So yeah. I've been waiting for you, but that, that my patience is going to wear thin real quick. I mean, we're about two weeks behind. We could knock that out in less than one night. But, yeah, I, I want to get to it. I want to get caught up. That way we can talk about it as the episodes drop because the, the thing that I have enjoyed the most about Disney Plus is that it's episodic television that drops weekly. As much as a good binge is like chicken soup for the soul, I miss the days of waiting for your favorite show to come out every week. The anticipation that built up to it, the cliffhangers were so much better, and I like that we're getting that again with Disney+. Plus. We were trying to do this the right way and not be in the middle of two shows at once and finish Andor and then do Muppets, but I, I just can't wait anymore. We'll, we'll break a rule and, and we'll watch both at once. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for TV for now. There is a lot of TV news, which we are going to get into. But yeah, let's... pour yourself some tequila and put your seatbelt on, kids. <laughs> yeah, because that's the only way I'm going to get through this conversation. Let's talk about the fun stuff first, what we've been up to around Walt Disney World. Um, well, ironically, <laughs> the, first, uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about is um, something that you can do in Manhattan. Uh, they opened up Rosa Mexicana at the Swan and Dolphin, and... Um, I absolutely love their tacos. I was, I've, I've obviously been to the Manhattan location. Um, it was very close to where I used to work when I had my staff job in television. And I will admit to taking one too many long lunch breaks because they serve pitchers of tequila there. And on days that were particularly stressful, my friend and I would bounce out, take a late lunch, and we would exceed our lunch hour. But anyway... That's here nor there. We're past the statute of limitations. And I'm sure that there were people that did a lot worse than you. Probably. I mean, you're there You're there all day, especially if you're commuting. You're not leaving until 7 o'clock at night, and you got like an hour to sit on the train. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, you got to be liquored up to get on the LIRR. Anyway, um, we went to the, lo- uh, uh, to the, not the opening, but within, I would say, within its first couple of weeks. I think it would have been open about three weeks at yeah, the time that we went. With our friends Jimmy and Sam, and um, it was as good as I remembered it. I had the Berea tacos, which were absolutely incredible, and I had, oh my goodness, I should have looked up the name before we hit record. Um, I had, it was it was some of the best tequila I ever had in my life. Um I, I sprung for the expensive glass, but it was worth every penny. It was so good. It, it was the smoothest tequila I've ever had. But what did you think of your first experience at Rosa Mexicana? I thought the food was exceptional. Um, and I, I thought that uh, the price was uh, very fair. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the staff was great. I thought it was well decorated. Um, the only thing I did not like about it, and there's just not much you can do about it, it's a cluster F when you get to the hostess stand to check in. Not a lot of space there, yeah. There, no space. It's not that there's not a lot. There is no space. And basically where we were forced to stand was like tucked in a corner. We couldn't even see the hostess from where we were. Like I kept had to like I kept having to like dip my head out to make sure that they didn't call our name and we weren't there, but um, I mean, other than that, 
like I said, food quality was incredible. It was so well flavored. Um, not overly spicy, which for me was a good thing. Uh, uh, definitely fresh. You could tell it was fresh. And I, I look forward to going back and, and going there again. I, I would put that on the list of, uh, of repeats. And if you go to Swan and Dolphin, just remember, folks, that even though it's like $32 to park your car, ask for the validation. You want to grab a couple chairs? Go ahead, man. Sure. Take what you need. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Um, make sure that you ask for your validation because you don't want to get stuck having to pay the $32 on top of, you know, because Swan and Dolphin, you know, it, it, it's a nicer resort, so you've got nicer restaurants. It's going to cost you a little bit more. Do yourself the favor. That $32 can go for a couple of cocktails or a couple of appetizers or pay for somebody's dinner. Oh, well, speaking of cocktails, we did have some before we went to dinner, too. Because... I remembered that as I was laying out the validation. And this is another thing. Just make sure that you talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yes. The validation. We also wanted to check out the Swan Reserve because we had never been. And we were going to go up to the rooftop deck, or so we thought. Uh, the 15th floor was closed, so we didn't get to do anything up there. And when I say closed, I mean barricades up, no bathrooms open. There was nothing up nothing. there. But we ended up getting a drink by the pool bar, which was lovely. It's so beautiful back there. Um, it's just so chill. It, it was a really, really nice evening, aside from the fact that you almost didn't get your drink because they didn't refill it. Well, there were a few issues I had with the Swan Reserve. It is a beautiful hotel, no doubt. Um, but that, I think it's the, what is it, the 8th floor or the 12th floor? I think it's the 8th floor is where the, the outdoor bar is. 15th. 15th? Yeah. Close enough. Um, <laughs> the, it's the only thing on that floor. Right. So if you're getting on, like, there should have been a sign before we got on the elevator right. saying that the floor was closed because... We got off the elevator, there wasn't even a sign. We got out and walked out, and the lights were out, and it was barricaded. There was no private event, nothing. They just didn't open it. Was it was just closed. And when we did get to the bar, I ordered a cocktail off of, like, their signature drink list, which I almost never do. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm, you know, I'm going out, I'm just going to grab a beer. I, I bartend for almost 20 years. Like, I'll make a cocktail for myself at home if I want. Unless we're here at Dockside Margaritas. This is one of the few places I'll actually get a cocktail. Right. Most of the time I just get a beer, especially because, you know, we, we live an hour and 15 minutes home, so I want to have my one or two and be good to get home responsibly, you know? Um, kind of sometimes hard to do when you're drinking liquor. Um, so I did the thing I never do, and I ordered off a custom drink, and the girl was like, and it was a frozen drink. It was uh, orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips. Blues Brothers, if you know, you know. Um, and she's like, well, I didn't turn the blender on. Meanwhile, like, it's well, like... Well, that's, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It's 4 o'clock, so if this was the end of your shift, why was it not on all day? Or if this is the beginning, might be a good time to turn it on. Yeah. Um, again, being in the food and beverage industry for almost 20 years, I was sort of shocked that it was that late in the day and you hadn't turned a machine on and then like threw your hands up and said well I didn't turn my machine on again this should not affect the consumer just make me my bleeping drink which she did to her credit she did and it was pretty good 
And um, we got the parking validated there as well. Well, but but it she said no. Oh, right. She That's said right. no. When I when I was like I was like, can I get a parking validation? No, we don't do that here. I was like, oh, okay. We asked somebody else, and That's they were like, right. yeah, here you go. Like it was like no questions asked. Here you go. She just didn't know how, or and or didn't want to be bothered. One other thing I do want to mention though about the Swan and Dolphin, um, especially if you're looking to go and get a last minute reservation, uh, Rosa Mexicana is available on Open Table. Uh, at the time we made the reservation, it was not even on my Disney experience yet. Uh, but that is one of those good hack restaurants where if you can't do it through the Disney app, you may be able to get a reservation through another channel. I feel like there's a couple of those restaurants that, uh, on that property that do that. I believe uh, Il Molino did. I think that's how we got Il Molino when we went back in May? Of last year. Of last year. Yeah. Uh, but that's how we did it. But, I mean, beautiful hotel. Uh, I would. I definitely want to go back and try it again because the menu looked pretty good for Bar Eats. The drinks were good. I would just... I would like to have a better experience with somebody that was a little bit more uh, on the ball when it came to preparedness. Fair enough. But with that being said, still a great night. And then we had another phenomenal night at a place that has never let us down. Yes. When we went to Disney's Hollywood Studios. You had a random night off. They don't happen often. still wasn't back at work yet. So we said, hey, let's take advantage of this and pop in and see Fantasmic. While Um, we're still on these pixie dust paths for another month. Exactly. So we met up with our friends Joe and Tyler. They were available last minute as well, and they met us at Baseline, where we obviously got a charcuterie board. And a pretzel. Never let me down. (laughs) I love Baseline Tap House. Um, Crowds were pretty low. We got a table right away. That was really nice. Uh, Then we went over to Tune-In Lounge, because you and I had never been. We've obviously been to um, Primetime. Yeah. But we had never done the lounge, and... I don't know what possessed me. I've not had one in years. They had a Long Island iced tea on the menu, and I said, that sounds really good. And I ordered one. And much to my surprise, so did you, Mr. I don't order cocktails. Well, in that in that respect, I was I was willing to go out on a limb, give it a try, because hey, why not? The power right. of suggestion. Yes, exact. Um, tune in was fun. Um, I wish I could have had a little bit more time to hang out there. You know, the bar, it's not really a bar you can hang out in. It's really more like a grab-and-go counter. There were a lot of people waiting for their 50s primetime reservation. I think that's it. Because there were people that were just sitting there that did not have drinks. And I don't just mean children. Yeah, it was just people kind of, like, hanging out. And then, you know, you don't want to be that person that's going to eat up space at a bar. When... You'd not drinking, so we who were drinking decided to leave the bar so other people could get a spot. Well, we got to sit by Gertie, and that was fine, and we, it was still pretty cool. We did get to sit by Gertie, and we did get to enjoy a nice conversation with Joe and Tyler, and then we were very fortunate to catch the early show of Fantasmic. Now, this is the first time that we have seen Fantasmic since it reopened, and, uh... I've always been a Fantasmic fan. Fantasmic was the first 
fireworks show I ever saw at Walt Disney World. Yeah. So I always had a soft spot for it, right? It's just so good. And I was cautiously optimistic going in to this performance. Because more times than not, when Disney has made alterations in recent history, it hasn't been for the better. I can't say that about Fantasmic. I didn't think Fantasmic could get better. Folks, Fantasmic got better. It, it absolutely did. Um, I, I was just blown away. Um, I think it's very obvious what song was taken out of it, but I like that they did not eliminate Pocahontas altogether because I loved the canoes. And to me, for, for budget alone, why would you eliminate the canoes when you already have them? So I, I was really happy to see that Pocahontas was still in there in some way. What they added, though, was beyond all of my expectations. Um, they put in Sean's favorite song, I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. And when I heard it, I damn near fell out of my seat. I was so excited, uh, and I just absolutely love how they incorporated it into the show. Not just hearing the song, but it was just a really good set. Um, and then what I had really been waiting for, I was trying so hard not to see any videos of it. Um, but just with TikTok, it had already been spoiled for me. But it didn't take away anything. The transition into Show Yourself, everything just goes quiet. And then, boom, she, it comes in on the big note. And the water just gusts up. And it was absolutely phenomenal. I probably cried like three times. It was awesome. Donny Osmond aside, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Speaking of things that were great, let's talk about a movie that everybody is still going to see right now because as of the time of this recording, it's still sitting at the top of the box office. I want to go again, honestly. We could have gone tonight, but we had to give these people their show. <laughs> this, the Guardians is probably the reason that Dockside has been so delayed. It is, for sure. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We came out to Disney Springs. Saturday night, it's opening weekend. We met up with our very dear friends, Brennan and Catherine. We saw the film together. We're celebrating your birthday weekend. Yes. Uh, came out, saw the movie here at AMC. Um... And then uh, spilled our guts over at Dockside Margaritas. Because where else do you go? Our guts and our tears. It's, so here's, without mm -hmm. spoiling it, because I know there are people that still haven't seen it yet. No, and it was just so good. I, I would never want to ruin it for anyone. In my opinion, it's, it's a 2A, 2B. I think the second Guardians movie by far is the best Guardians movie. I go back and forth between this and the first one, but I will say that it is the most, in terms of trilogies, other than Captain America, it's the most complete Marvel trilogy that we've ever had. It is just the most complete trilogy that we have seen in a long time, period. The attention to detail was absolutely incredible. Throwaway lines from the first one were delivered on in ways that you absolutely weren't expecting. Um, the character arcs were absolutely perfect. I think everyone landed exactly where they were supposed to be, and James Gunn just 
stuck the landing so hard. Um, I just I, I don't I really don't want to say too much more because I'm afraid that I will spoil it. But I just absolutely loved it so much. Um, I think as of now, the second one is still probably my favorite. But that is just because of my personal attachment to Michael Rooker and I love Yondu. But really, once this goes to Disney Plus, I want to do the three of them back to back because. I'm saying that volume two is better as far as my personal taste. I don't know that it's the better movie. I think three is just the better movie overall. Three, here's the thing with the third movie. It's, it has moments where it's heartbreaking. It has moments where it's uplifting. But there is not one moment in that movie that made me feel the way the Ravager funeral made me feel. Agreed. So that, that to me is where the second movie is always going to be just a step ahead. But I mean, but that's not a criticism. But that's what I'm saying. It's personal preference. I prefer volume two because of the feeling that it evoked in me. But three, as far as a film as a whole... I feel like objectively is the better film. After the conversation over here at Dockside, we headed over to Polite Pig for oh, dinner. No, 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 no. You are forgetting something, and I'm not going to let this go. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. How did I almost forget about this? I, I don't know, because it's aside from the emotional wreckage that is Guardians, this is the only other thing that I can I can think about. And we were having such a good conversation about the film, and it was so emotional, and it was just totally disrupted by this group at the table next to us. So we knew when we sat down, it was pretty crowded. We got a table uh, kind of close to where the music area is, and you could see by the amount of empty glasses on this table that a good time was being had by all. And these were not like dopey college kids. No. These, this guy was in his 60s, 50? late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. So, look, you're on vacation. I'm not going to criticize you for having a good time. No, get down, man. Have There's fun. a reason that this is our spot, you know? But... Yeah, people we've... go, Cinderella's Castle, and I go, Dockside <laughs> no, Parkeritas. No, I'm home. Um, but, to be fair, and I would admit it, we have never left there that sloppy we're in the middle of practically be well speaking of sloppy I will say this is the one time I'm ever going to criticize Dockside Margaritas my drink was like dripping over the side it was spilling over my hands were so sticky I couldn't even pick up my lounge fly when we went to leave I, I needed Sean to put it on for me because I didn't want to ruin it and get it all sticky but it I, oh, that's right. I forgot I had to put your lounge fly on you that I day. I couldn't touch anything. I felt like a five-year-old that was just right. covered in stickiness. I forgot about that. That's here nor there. <laughs> I want to finish the story for our listeners. Uh, you know, we were having a pretty emotional conversation about how much we love this film and, and how much it meant to us and how, how great it was for the characters and the franchise and just everything and how it's the best Marvel film in a really long time. And this man stands up to I think the first time he wanted a refill and then the second time was because he wanted to request a song both times he caught himself on our table I honest to God thought we were going to see blood I really thought he was going to face plant and lose some teeth oh, he on the edge of our chicklets. table 
Absolutely. Um, which would not have been funny. But since that didn't happen, it was very funny. It would have been entertaining. Not funny, but entertaining. But I mean, he... And, and because this was not... The, he, he caught he, his, his foot on the chair when he got up. On his own chair. On his own chair, yes. And fell onto the table next to him, which was ours. I just remember Catherine and I grabbed each other's arms because we really thought we were going to see blood. We didn't. And then he got up and ran away. Oh, just... Literally got up and ran away. And then he and they grabbed... took their drinks then... to go, too. That's the other thing. Then he grabbed the microphone from the guitar oh, player and started goodness. singing Band on the Run. Yeah. The point is... It was a show. Yeah. As, as entertaining as it was... Be mindful. You are in the vacation capital of the world. Don't ruin it for another fan. Like, for us, we could have handled it. Did I want to see blood? No. But, like, if you're with your four-year-old, you don't want them to see. Even if there's no accident, you don't want to see somebody behaving that way where you have to explain it. Also, stop bringing your four-year-old to Dockside Margaritas. Uh, all right, let's talk about Polite Pig. <laughs> yes, we we were hungry after our margaritas. We wanted to soak it up. Uh, I also needed to wash my hands, so we went over to Polite Pig. Got a seat at the bar right away. Saw Dave. Yes. I've had, I'm sorry, I have had amazing luck with Polite Pig. Every time I think it's going to be too crowded, I have managed to snag a bar stool. Had a fantastic meal. I had their chicken sandwich which I had, like, constantly been on the fence about because there's just so many good meals over there. It was a very good chicken sandwich. Not I, the best I've had, but it was very, very good. I did the, um, the pork sandwich with the slaw on it. Um, it's always good. That's, like, my golden standard there. We split some mac and cheese. Always good. Um, and they have a new... I saw it on uh, Disney Springs Instagram the other day. They have a new chef special, um, which I believe is pork, and then they do like a mac and cheese macaroni salad with it. Interesting. Um, and I, I believe the pork is all um, Asian-inspired flavors for um, Pacific Islander. Oh, you can do a lot with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heritage Month. Yeah, um, which they've been celebrating here at Springs for a couple of weeks. Yeah, now. I want to try and, and snag that before uh, before they replace it with another chef but their their chef specials have been on point let me tell you something i am very excited for i believe june either june or july i think it's june um when flavors from florida comes back to disney Springs. i believe it's june yeah frankly when they do festivals here and they do them you know in the booths scattered around there are booths here that are better than the booths at Food and Wine, and there's definitely booths here during that festival at least, that I also think are better than a lot of what we had at uh, Flower and Garden this year. Certainly Flower and Garden. Um, I don't think it's on par with Festival of the Holidays or Festival of the Arts, but we're going to be doing some sampling for sure on several occasions. Yeah, we have... have we have a couple of ideas for some things we'd like to do, especially at Flavors from Florida. So, more on that later when the festival does come back. Let's jump to your actual birthday. Yes. So, we saw the Guardians on a Saturday, and my birthday was Monday, and goodness, I'm so glad I took off for it. Yeah. We ended up getting 
dinner reservations over at Epcot. That was where you wanted to spend your birthday. We could have gone to any park. Epcot was was the choice. Um, I wanted never... dinner at the Hacienda. So we went to the Hacienda. Had a really, really spectacular dinner. Um, admittedly, we like I thought we were going to San Angel. I, I did not realize we were going to the location next door, but that is not to be confused with a complaint because the Hacienda food... I thought was just as good as the food over at San Angel. I will, I will admit that is my bad because I probably wasn't looking carefully enough at the app. Both of them have San Angel in the name. One is the San Angel Inn, which is indoor what you see uh, from the boat ride in the Mexico Pavilion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Hacienda de San Angel is the one out on the water. Um, it there is a quick serve on one side, but there is another beautiful indoor space uh, that overlooks the water. The and views were incredible. It was just an absolutely phenomenal meal. We would be remiss not to mention that we were joined by our friends Kelly and Pat, who you know from our Rogue One review. Um, and then after an amazing meal, we got to watch Epcot Forever. We went to Rose and Crown because we had to get. I, I love that the four of us just defaulted to Rose and Crown. There was no we all knew asked. that that was going to be the show beverage that we were going to pick up. Um, and and we got to watch Epcot Forever, and it was phenomenal, even though they have not yet bought back the jet skis. I'm curious to see if they do, because Harmonious has still not made its complete exit yet. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think we were going to get the jet skis, which... I, I wasn't surprised at all because I really thought it was going to be too hard to navigate around in the dark on a jet ski and, and you know, make sure you don't hit a taco in the process. Yeah. So until they have completely removed all of the barges, I don't think the um, the OG kite tails are going to be back, per se. Probably not. But I think that they will before the run is up. And it, it was just the highlight of my day. I mean, yes, it was great company. I had a wonderful birthday. What a highlight was hearing Veggie Fruit Fruit and Walt's Audio in Epcot. And I was happy that I got to finally see Herman's Hermit over at the Flower and Garden Festival. That's right. I was very excited. I was very surprised. It was a great night. Let's talk about a Disney World experience that we had for the first time today. Uh, before we came to record our conversation here, actually. Yes. Uh, we went to a hotel that we had been to before. But we found, I, I can't even, I'm not going to take credit, I can't say we found it. We were lucky enough to attend an event at an absolute gem of a spot. We have said that we miss Meisner's at the Grand Floridian. Yes. I think Enchanted Rose is okay. I don't think it's that great, if I'm being honest with you. And I, I agree. miss Meisner's. The cocktails are great. It's just the ambiance is not the same. No. And because of the theme, there are a lot of kids there. It's not as relaxed as it's not as relaxing as it used to be. But leave it to the Podfather, as you have called him, our very good friend Lou Mangello, over at WDW Radio. He did a meet of the month today, um, and we were we were able to attend. Um, and I look forward to attending more of those once we are able to upgrade our passes next month. Um, but we were able to go. We got to see a lot of friends from that wonderful box people community. And we got to experience the Scat Cat Club. 
which we had never been to before. Now, we have been to Port Orleans French we got Quarter. The we've been to the French Quarter, we've had the beignets, we've been to the pool bar, but we have never been to the Scat Cat Club. And I feel like I have been missing out on something. As excited as I am, there was a part of my soul that was in pain that we hadn't yet been there. But I feel like we have found our Meisner's replacement. It is such a cool spot. Um, it's it's a really nice lounge. Um, as we came to find out from the gentleman who was complaining about how crowded it was, yeah, it's probably a pretty easy spot to get a table when you don't roll up with Lou Mangello. Um, but yeah, it, it was just such a nice place to kick it and relax. And, um, I got a hurricane because, you know, one in Rome, um, and then we ordered, um, we ordered a snack. We wanted to get an appetizer and they have these tater tots that are smothered in pulled pork and cheese and sour cream and onions. And they were absolutely phenomenal. They were ridiculous. The whole menu was ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry we didn't save more room to try more things. So the, the tater tots themselves were a little cold. I will say that. I didn't care. Uh, they, they were a little <laughs> cold. But once you incorporate the hot cheese sauce and the hot pulled pork, it was fine. Like, still crispy. They weren't mushy or anything. But, like, every the, the pulled pork was insane. It really was. It was so sweet. Like, it I was, want another so one good. now. Like, part of me wants to be like, folks, you get what you pay for. See you next month. And leave. And go back and have another one. I definitely want to try the po' boy at some point. It's a great spot. They were setting up live music as we were getting ready to pull out of Dodge. Um, so I think next time we want to do something a little low-key on property, maybe meet some friends, split a little appetizer, have some drinks, um, I think that would be the way to go. Get there, get a good spot. Live music starts at 730 order a little nosh and just kick it and relax but the scat cat club we're going back it's also very easy to access from disney springs because you can boat over there yes. um worth noting though we were going to take the boats tonight but between the weather being questionable and then the boat ride is 20 minutes and that's if you get on right away um but the boat ride itself, your travel time is 20 minutes. And we were like, we don't want to spend 40 minutes in transit. Let's just drive. Um, and we're here in five minutes. Yeah. But if you have been at Disney Springs all day, if you've been shopping, if you're tired, uh, that is a nice little way to end your evening. I would do the boats over on a day where we were not doing a meet of the month and recording a dockside chat. Like if our thing was, we're just going to go... Like, maybe, like, maybe we're going to grab some shopping here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to run over. Joffreys. Yeah, we got, we got to go get our Joffreys, or we're going to go to World of Disney or whatever, do some Christmas shopping with our 30% discount when they bump it up at Christmas time for our friends' kids. Knock that out. Take a, then, like, okay, take the boat over, like, have a nice night see something different, you know, chill out a little bit, then it's worth it. But because we were on a time crunch today, and like you said, the weather was questionable because Joe and Tyler were over at Universal today, and they were getting dumped on. They were, yeah. they were getting poured on. They had to run into Finnegan's. Had, I'm sure they were run, very upset about that. Had to run into Finnegan's. Um, it's just like I have to run into Finnegan's. Um, 
it, it, too, too many variables uh, to, to add 40 minutes on uh, to our day because, you know, we have the dog at the house, and so we're very much on a very tight window when it comes to that. Um, but, yeah, Scat Cat Club, we're going back. Whew. It's okay. time to start getting into some of the news. Yes, well, thankfully, my margarita has melted, so I've been able to uh, put a dent in this because... There's a lot here. There's a lot to talk about. Um, there are a lot of things that affect us personally. And when I say us, I do not just mean you and I. I mean everybody who is a Disney fan. Because whether you think it does or not, it is going to impact you. So coming back from your birthday, actually. Yes. We started talking about how crowded it had been here on property and Jackie and I we've been together now 15 years we started coming down here in 2011 yes so at the time of this recording 12 years and we counted I think we counted like 11 hotels have opened through, you know, through through hotels that are finally opening, through DVC towers and expansions on DVC, we counted 11 properties that have opened, but it's still the same four parks. You know, so you, you're bringing so many more people in and shoehorning them into the same properties that you used to... You, that you know, you, when you had eight and nine resorts total, uh, now now you've just got so many hotels, so many more hotels, but you haven't added any more parks. No, and you have opened more lands, but technically you cannot count Toy Story and Galaxy's Edge as new lands Absolutely because not. you replaced rides and attractions that and were shows. great for people sucking. Yeah. And, and holding a lot of crowds at once with rides that do not move as many people through. So that was part of the conversation that we had because we realized that even though we are starting to see things return that had been taken away under the guise of, well, because of the pandemic, we can't. The pandemic Pandemic's has, over, folks. It's, it's been you know, waned out, so to speak, for now, hopefully forever, but we have still seen Disney pandemic protocol in place with things like the dining plan or things like Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, and we haven't seen the return of things like Fast Passes. Like, yes, at the time of this recording, at this point now, the dining plan is going to come back. We know this, but, you know, it kind of made us go, huh, you know, Attendance has dropped. You don't have the anomaly that was 2022 where you had two years worth of vacations shoved into one year. And In we, conjunction with a 50th anniversary. Right. And we really thought that that's where all the crowds were coming from. But wait times haven't really dropped down. And that's what we realized when we put the two and two together is that you've opened up all these new hotels, but you haven't really done anything to facilitate the crowds that come along with it. It's the same amount of rides. All that happens is that the wait times go up. 
on the topic of hotels, what also sparked this conversation was that for my birthday weekend, one of the things that I had considered doing was um, getting a cabin at Fort Wilderness, at the, at the campground, not the lodge. Let's be clear. Maybe for my 40th, we'll do the lodge, but if, if you still even can get in there at that point. But what we were thinking of doing was maybe getting a cabin because they are pet friendly and we were going to spend the night there with Walt and invite our friends out for a barbecue. Yeah, I would have brought charcoal, my collapsible grill, we would have just had food, fire pit, and we would have made a night of it. And the reason that we ended up not doing that was because I, I ultimately decided I'd rather have my birthday in Epcot than get the cabin on Saturday night and leave on Monday morning and then have the whole rest of the day. So... The, the other thing that, you know, sort of influenced my decision was the cost of these cabins. They used to be pretty budget-friendly. And after I looked into this, because we had also looked into it for Marathon Weekend in January, even I, though that's not on sale it. yet, I was going to bring Walt out, and yeah. we were going to stay there. That way you weren't going back and forth to our house, and you could just come back to the hotel. So... When I started looking into this, they had just announced that those cabins are going to become DVC properties, and the pricing went through the roof, where it was, we were no longer able to justify, even for the two of us, plus our pet, paying for that for the overnight there. It was ridiculous. It was like over $400. A night. We were going to spend a month, we were going to spend a mortgage payment to save me an hour and 15 minutes a day it, you can't do it like I mean like ultimately this past year at Marathon Weekend I had friends that rented DVC points and like I went back and like used the room to shower like that's not off the table but what is off the table is doing the Fort Wilderness thing but where that kind of handcuffs us a little bit is that, that affects you more than me because I can I can get a hotel I can rent DVC points but we can't board the dog he just won't do well right this th this was such a perfect way of having us on property together making my life easier because I'm doing dopey this year having space and not shoving our you know Walt's not huge but he's not a little teacup dog either like the space was very important but the bigger thing here is like other than the inconvenience that is us selfishly I can still pull this off it's inconvenient for us but it did spark a bigger conversation about How do I say it? It it sparked the conversation about where Disney, and I love Disney, and I always will. They've they haven't drawn the line in the sand, but they're marking out their line in the sand as to who their target audience really is when it comes to planning these vacations. Correct, because what we realized, besides the 11 properties that have opened, we went through the hotels. Now, to their credit, they have refurbed almost everything in the amount of time that we've been 
coming here. You know, the aside from doing, you know, the Pirates rooms and the Princess and the Frog rooms at Port Orleans, they also gave the value resorts much, much needed upgrades. Um, they just did the contemporary. So they have been very much keeping up with, you know, even just like new technology as far as the amenities go and charging stations and all that. It had to be done. The TVs, everything. Yeah. So they have been doing their part to keep up with it. But in addition to the 11 properties that have opened, what we realized is if you count the All-Stars as one resort, you've got All-Star Pop and Art of Animation as your value resorts. You've got Port Orleans, Coronado Springs, and Caribbean Beach as your moderate. The rest of them, and there are 12, are all deluxe. And I do this all the time for vacation planning, and I don't really think about it because I'm just trying to work with your family's or, or a couple's budget to plan their trip. And I, I see the breakdown, but I'm also just looking at it as, you know, creating a plan that works best for what a family or a couple wants. And it didn't occur to me until we were talking through that 12 deluxe properties. That speaks volumes. That's who they're trying to cater to. Yes, absolutely. At least that's the perception. But it's hard to fight that perception when you've got four value hotels, three moderates, and 12 deluxe. Especially Wait, how when how are you getting four value? I got. I'm, I'm talking about the three. It would be five value. The three all stars plus pop and. I'm and, I'm saying three. I'm lumping the all stars as one. And even art of animation, like, it, it's, it's a value in when you break it down price per head, it can be a value. They're family suites. They're still more expensive than your average value room. But if you're coming with six, seven people. And you're getting two bathrooms. Then, then you, obviously, then you bring the cost down if you're thinking about it as price per head. But the fact of the matter is, you've got twice as many deluxe resorts, almost, as you do moderates and values combined. And frankly, when Universal up the road has, I think, I think Universal's eight hotels, seven or eight... And the thing is, of course, you enjoy it. Enjoy it, buddy. Have a good night. Thank you. Um, when Universal has seven or eight hotels, and they're quote unquote deluxe, it's not what they call them, but we'll call them that to keep you know the wording consistent. When their deluxe hotels are priced the same as Disney's moderate hotels, mm-hmm. it it does cause you to raise an eyebrow. And when you're starting to take away cabins because you need to turn them into DVC, this also means that you've oversold DVC. And you will continue to oversell DVC because they're just trying to pull in as much as they can. And, like, listen, Disney's a business. We're not going to pretend that they're not. And they're in the business of making money. They used to do it better than most other people. They're not really doing it right now. And that's because the court of public opinion 
which has nothing to do with politics. I'm going to put that out there right now because there is, I'd like to comment on that slightly when we talk about some of the other things that were announced this week. I don't mean politics when I mean the court of public opinion. I mean the court of public opinion in that for years, you and I had heard for years, how do you go to Disney every year? It's so expensive. And we would be like, it's really not. You just have to know how to spend your money. We never stayed off site. We never had less than a seven-day park ticket. Now is the time where people go, oh my God, it's so expensive. And I sit there and go, Jesus, you're absolutely right. I don't know if it yeah. wasn't just you and I, I don't know how, how we could afford to come here. No, but and you can make the argument that they do have the good neighbor hotels in the Disney Springs area, but even still. Those are expensive now too. No, they're not that bad. You're getting suites and and you're I I I recently booked a package for a family of four. Um four day park tickets, sing uh, a day in each park, and they're staying yeah, they're staying for four nights, five days. Um, and it came in under two thousand. Or I'm sorry, no, it came in around two thousand dollars. Well it's it's reasonable though for a family. Maybe, yeah, like two thousand, twenty five hundred. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I, I thought that was very reasonable. However, you know, when they when they mentioned they wanted to stay at a good neighbor, um, one of the things that I, I asked was out of curiosity why they weren't staying on property because I always jump to if you have a car or if you're renting a car, by the time you pay for parking at the resorts and gas, that you may as well stay on property. If you think the prop staying on property is more expensive, you're going to break even with what gas and, and the parking costs. Because a lot of the times, the good neighbors are great, but the shuttles are inconsistent. That's why I usually don't recommend them. Um, but the point is, now that we've seen the dining plan come back, this would be a really great time to bring something like the Magical Express back if you're looking to incentivize people to stay yep. on property. Which, quite frankly, I don't know that they are because this is a supply and demand issue. And what it's telling us that there are that many deluxe resorts and, and they're still adding DVC rooms. And towers. They're and building towers, another DVC Yeah, by the tower. poly. Is that they don't really care about the people who can only afford value and moderate level pricing. And I think that is a very good segue into addressing the giant Wookiee in the room. So it was announced the other day, and it's, it's, it's so funny. I was at Universal Studios. Uh, my friend Mark, one of my dear friends, one of my best friends growing up, uh, was down here on business. And uh, we, were, uh, we were at Universal. Remind me, um, what ride did he want to do that day that you went on with him? He wanted to do The Simpsons. I'm sorry, what? He wanted I didn't to... hear you. The volcano's going off nice and loud for everyone. He wanted to go to the bastard stepchild of Back to the Future, and I did it. And let me just get this out of the way. The writing was absolutely hysterical. It's, it was the Simpsons' humor spoofing every park in Orlando, including Universal. But the ride is awful. But I'm just going to move on from that. We you met gave up, me what I wanted. I'm not even. I'm, I'm not going to milk anything. We else. met up with a coworker of his that was uh, part of the same conference, and he was like, "Dude, I'm a Star Wars geek," and I was like, "Well, 
I just said, just offhand, I said, well, uh, I hope you can afford the Galactic Star Cruiser because I doubt it's going to be here much longer. Literally 15 minutes later, you texted me and told me that the announcement was made that the Galactic Star Cruiser is closing in September. No more voyages. I mean, I, I oh, can't... Is anybody surprised? No, no. but here's, here's the thing. I don't think that we should be, like, celebrating this. Absolutely because not. Because why did you want to root to it root for it to fail. I mean, you and I have expressed our opinion on it. Um, we've said it's a cool concept. We thought that the price point wasn't fair, but we knew that there were people that want to do it. And again, it's a supply and demand thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And supply and demand spoke, didn't it? Well, that's it. You had your initial rush of Star Wars fans and influencers who wanted to check it out. They have done that. And now Disney has realized that they set the price point too high because they're, they're just not booking. And I, I do, honestly, I applaud Disney because I think they did everything the right way. First, they scaled back the voyages and they announced that a couple months ago that, that that's how they were going to do it. And they were going to do like two a week. So instead of just rotating when your voyage starts, depending on your vacation, you were going to have a more strict timeline to follow as to when you could experience setting sail on your voyage. Um, so they did try to scale it back in that regard, but it just wasn't enough, and they're they're not filling it. And I applaud Disney for admitting defeat, which cannot have been an easy thing to do coming off of admitting defeat on Harmonious. Now you're in for a lot of money, and I think it was very smart for them to recognize when to cut the loss with this, and and stop leaning into it. And try. there's there's always that point of no return, right? Like you're you're in the middle of the storm, and you have to decide: Do I turn back now, or do I push through on the other side? You, you just have to make the call, and they did. And I I wish everyone would stop going. I told you so. Why? Well, why? Why are we rooting for, for Disney to fail? Because I think what people really fail to realize is, is that if they fail, this entity that you love so much could be in some serious trouble where it's not here for you to enjoy. Oh, I think that this company's in more trouble than any of us thought. Absolutely. And I think poor Iger is taking all the licks for it now because he's had to make some very unpopular decisions. Can you imagine how bad things really were that he's actually taking these hits now and, and trying? This is part of his course correction. He Can came you imagine in. what we don't know how bad it was? I said it to Lou tonight. Iger came back to take it on the chin. We looked at him as, you know, he was Batman. He was coming in to save Gotham. And he was, to a certain extent, he came back to take it on the chin. He came back to do what Chapek could not do. Because and do it in a way had already fallen out of favor with the public. Well, it's not just that, but it's also that Bob Iger is so much more polished than Bob Chapek is. Yeah. And he knew that he could, he could be the fall guy that would make the hard decisions... And no one would hold it against him. It would not tarnish his reputation. 
if if Chapek announced all of this, people would go like, "Look, he screwed it up." Yeah. But because Bob Iger came in and did it, they're like, "Well, we trust him. Yeah. We trust that he's doing the right thing." This was really for the stockholders yes. more than it was anybody else. Yeah. But I I think this just proves that this was worse than any of us had imagined. If he was willing to cut these losses now, he had no choice. Um, um, it's it. This this Star Wars themed experience, the price tag was outrageous. We've always thought it was. There's almost no repeatability, and it is a very, very niche market. Yeah, I mean, you could argue, you know, you do dark side once, you do light side another time. Perhaps I think the real value, if you are so inclined and so fortunate to do it a second time, is that you realize from your first experience, the more you interact, the more you're going to get out of it. So perhaps you're able to do more and and you kind of know how to play your cards better the second time. But realistically, uh, how many people repeated it, you know? You couldn't. You couldn't afford to repeat it. Yeah, no. Um, but I, I do, again, applaud Disney for admitting defeat. And I hope that because this was such a cool concept, um, I'm hoping that they don't completely do away with it. I don't think that they will because I feel like they've spent so much money on it. I don't think it's going to completely go away. Um, I, I think the best thing that they can do at this point is turn it into... A regular hotel that you can book that is Star Wars themed and have the dining experiences be something like a hoop do review that's a ticketed event. And I think that that would prove to be very popular because locals could experience that. It would definitely be something that Star Wars fans would want to experience on their vacation. But there's two schools of thought here. I hear a lot of people making the argument that because there are so few rooms in this hotel, you need to make it a deluxe. My argument is Tell me what's deluxe about it, about bunks and just a sterile white room with no windows and there's no pool. They're, they're very much going to struggle. Should they want to make it a deluxe resort? And I really don't think that they should because there are 12 others if they want to upsell people. I feel like you have admit defeat by taking the voyages away, but don't just say it. Act on it. And the way that they could act on it is by making it a moderate. I don't think realistically they could make it a value, but I feel like if they really wanted to to, to take ownership of what they did, a moderate would be the way to go and make it affordable for the people who truly want to experience it. Yeah, I also think that for people that were coming to Disney World, they didn't want to be locked into this very expensive experience where three days of your vacation were completely dictated for you. Right. And I think people didn't really understand that it wasn't just a hotel, like you're booking an experience. It, it was a very experimental move for Disney. Good on you for trying. It failed. But you learn from failure. Let them learn from this failure. It will be a deluxe. It's going to be a deluxe resort. And, and it for, shouldn't be, but it's going to be. It is. But for goodness sake, stop celebrating that it failed. There, you have nothing to gain from that. Ye- people that celebrate Disney failing are like the people 
that hate the president. And this is both sides of the fence. I have said, as a citizen of the United States of America, for you to hope that your president fails is for, like, you to say, I don't like the pilot on my plane. I hope he screws this up. There's no... Don't bet against yourself. Nothing good comes of it. I'm still glad Chapik's gone. But (laughs) nothing good comes from rooting against. But that was the first of many bombshell announcements. Well, here's the thing. I am very glad that... Chapek is not at the helm navigating us through these waters because Disney property is only half the battle for Iger right now. The other thing that he has to contend with is the writer's strike. Um, and that affects Disney Plus and any streaming service that you supply that you subscribe to, I think, more than people realize. Um, you know, this is obviously something that because I work in television, I have been paying very, very very close attention to uh, lately and I think that a lot of people are taking it as face value oh the writers want more money the CEOs of these streaming services they're they're making millions upon millions sometimes billion dollars billions of dollars and the writers want a piece of the pie yes that's very much part of it why should one person be reaping all of the benefits but I think what people don't realize is that the reason that the writers are striking, it's, it's two reasons. What happened in the writers' contracts is that streaming got looped in as internet. So when we had that web series boom back around 2007, 2008, I remember because I was in college and that was a, an avenue that a lot of people were taking to get their work out there was putting it on YouTube. Um, the contracts that were set in place that applied to these web series were all fell under the internet umbrella. So the loophole is that they put streaming under the internet umbrella. So these writers are getting paid for streaming for the percentage that they're getting for... Um, Residuals is the same as they would if is if you're viewing it on YouTube. So you're talking about the people that wrote Stranger Things, the people that wrote Mandalorian. They're getting paid the same as somebody, in theory, as somebody that's putting something on YouTube. In layman's terms, yes, but the Duffer brothers have a little bit more pull because of the success of Stranger Things. But for your average working-class writer, yes, their work is being... the viewed the same as a YouTube hit. Now, I remember back in 2007, 2008, because that's when I graduated college, we were all very excited because we thought this is going to mean the demand for independent work because the union is on strike. Um, It certainly swung the pendulum the other way because of the popularity of reality television. Um, Reality was already very popular at that point, but that saw a huge spike. Um, And, you know, for the most part, everything worked out for everyone um you know people that wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity got a shot at a career um the writers got what they wanted at the time but now because everything has changed they're asking for their worth and and these contracts are now outdated um 
So besides trying to gain profit off of these residuals, um, the other thing that they are fighting for is that these studios are not using AI. And that's twofold. Meaning, if you have several seasons of a show under your belt and you've created characters for it, that's how writers make their royalties. If you've contributed, like, for example, Big Bang Theory is off the air, but because they created the character of Sheldon Cooper, that goes into young Sheldon, and it went into any type of um, syndication or anything that the Big Bang Theory does because you worked on Sheldon, you're going to get a piece of that forever. It's like the people that worked on Roseanne are now getting a piece of the Connors. Correct, correct. So, Big Bang Theory, if we're sticking with that as an example, is tried and true. It was very popular. People loved it. You could feed all of those scripts into AI and have it spit out a script. And that's, we've been talking about this for months, even years now, that's what these studios want, is proven track records of intellectual properties that work. That's why all we get are sequels and remakes. So the writers are fighting that their work not be fed into AI, and then they're cut out of the, the, the creative process because now the AI knows what the character is and it, it can write to it. And on the other end of it, they're fighting for... AI coming up with a a new script, a completely new idea that they don't have to come in and then doctor that script because there's certain things AI is never going to pick up on human emotions like jealousy or or you know just certain human experiences it's just never going to get it. So they don't want to come in and correct established writers I should say. This is where I get scared is if there is a script that has been AI generated, somebody that's new to the industry that wants their shot, don't think for a second that they're not going to try and take this on. So that is what they are fighting for. And we've seen productions are shutting down, people are out of work. Um, SAG is supposed to join forces with them. And I think this is really where we're going to see um, things start to happen more quickly because this is a double-edged sword. You need the star power. You need people like Brad Pitt and George Clooney and, and Julia Roberts and really the big names standing behind these writers. They're not going to do that because they don't want to go against the studio because then they don't get hired. They also don't want to stop working. Productions are being shut down because um, there's sort of a gentleman's agreement where if there are two picketers at a production site... Uh, what really gave this some momentum was that the Teamsters backed the writers. So if there were two picketers, and the Teamsters are the people that bring all the wardrobe, all the, all the props. If you're shoot, if you're not shooting in a studio and you're on location, something like a Stranger Things that's that doesn't have a, a traditional set, and you're out and you're doing you know exterior shots. If these trucks see picketers, they're going to turn around and they're not going to make their delivery. That is how you shut a production down because the production literally cannot get what they need. So that gave it a lot of momentum. We're going to see stags, SAGs start pitching in because up until this point, you've only seen the star power from like writer-directors, people like Kevin Smith, who identify as a writer first. They're backing it. Um, 
So why am I rambling on about this? How does it affect everyone? Um, I think it's very important that the writers are striking now to get ahead of what is to come with AI. But I think the piece that everybody is missing in this is that when we started signing up for streaming services, and I'm not talking about during the pandemic. During the pandemic, people really didn't care because they took their stimulus check and they watched TV because that was all we could do. Right. Prior to that, when people started cord cutting, they did it under the premise of, we have an entire library that is never ever going to go away. We're going to have- it was cheaper than cable at yes, the time. And it was an entire catalog. But now what we're starting to see, and this goes back to the residuals with the writers, is that if your show is not getting enough hits on the streaming service, the studio or the network is going to say, huh, this is only getting, you know, 100 views a month, for argument's sake, keeping the numbers around. But we have to pay residuals on it. And yet we're not really making money off of it. We, we have to pay the writers out for residuals. We're losing money on it. So they pull it down from the streaming service. That's how it affects you because you were supposed to pay to have access to everything. People got rid of their DVDs. We did not. I am. I have never been happier. That, that I we told didn't. you not get... I said we are not getting rid of these. I didn't want to get rid of them either. No, but we had a conversation about do we just do it, and I was the one that put my foot in the... I dunked my heels no, in No, it's said a no. collection... And boy, am I glad we kept it. Um, but that is that is what all these studios are trying to get away with, is that they are slowly but surely pulling titles down. And we have sort of seen it where, you know, we thought it was contractual where you see Avengers airing on, like, AMC or whatever. You know, we thought that that was to fulfill a, a contract obligation, and I'm sure it is. But the fact is that shows that we are paying for to have access to are disappearing. Shows and that were never supposed to come no, down. And that was my first light bulb going on, but this week it is confirmed that that is what's happening because Disney announced an entire slate of things that are disappearing. 50, five, zero. So what are we paying for? Like even I will get mad at Disney at this point. This is, this is, uh, mm. so and, I'm and trying not thing. to make you beat me. Look, luckily the, uh, the Rainforest Cafe is going off and it's censoring me right now because I'm getting heated. Here's the thing. If they said we're pulling Avengers down, I'd be like, of course you are because there's more money to be made selling that distribution yeah. to Amazon, Netflix, Fox, whoever. You know, well, they own Fox now, but you know what I'm saying. The fact that they're pulling down Disney, orig Disney Plus original content, they're pulling Big Shot they're pulling the world according to Jeff Goldblum. They're pulling Willow. They pulled Willow or pulling Earth. What is that? Earth to Ned. Um, Something. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it off the top of my head. You know, like, the fact that you were pulling content that was developed exclusively for the streaming service. Because that's what we're paying for. And they're doing it. It's a write-down. It's not a write-off. It's a write-down. Meaning that they can pull it down, it devalues the streaming service. Well, then so, devalue my monthly payment, please. But they're not going to do that because yeah. they're devaluing yeah. the streaming service because it saves them a billion and a half in tax dollars. That's why they're doing it. So It also makes 
sense as to why we keep seeing these series go for a season or two and get pulled right off. And they've already said, don't be surprised if you see one of these shows or two of these shows or these films. Maybe Big Shot pops up on HBO Max. Maybe Big Shot pops up on Amazon Prime. Or they go back to cable. Because because Disney now... They devalue the streaming service, but they're also selling the distribution short-term for a profit. That's how they're going to make their money back. Mm-hmm. No, and, and they're trying to cover it up by this Disney and Hulu merge and, oh, it's all going to be under one app. That was the big smoke and mirrors to try and make their catalog look richer because if you merge them, you'll have so many more titles. I honestly think it's a terrible, terrible idea. I mean, if you have Hulu as a separate title, the way that you have, um, you know, your Disney is under one, uh, Marvel is under another, Star Wars, Nat Geo, they each have their own tile. So if you put Hulu under one banner, I think that's fine. But I do not think that children should be able to access those Hulu shows. Well, they're going to put it on the parents to adjust the uh, privacy settings. No, we talked about that at length this past week uh, when we reviewed Peter Pan and what that warning, you know, means or, or, you know... What it implies, at the very least. And if it's even being acknowledged. It's, um... I'm, I'm not thrilled. If they were pulling down... I mean, listen, movies come and go from Disney Plus all the time. Right? Like, we haven't been able to watch Tomorrowland for more than, like, three months on Disney+. Plus. It's been around for a few years now. Enchanted was not on Disney+, Plus for the longest time. The fact that content that you paid for in a monthly service that was never supposed to come down. Remember, we were promised this was never going to come down. Right. And the price was going to stay affordable. The price has since gone up. All right, albeit a dollar or two a month, not the end of the world. How much longer until Disney Plus is just Disney Netflix, where it goes to 15 bucks a month and titles come and go? I'll be honest with you. I got a library card. I can do monoreal radio on a library card. Why do I need Disney Plus? Right. When it gets to that point where they raise the price so much, what's... What's the incentive for me to have Disney Plus? Listen, we had this podcast before Disney Plus. We're going to have it after. I'm not worried about this podcast. I just hope that people recognize, you know... If you think this is going to fix your subscriber problem, you're wrong. No, and that's that's the other thing. It's like, you're going to take things away. What about that exclusive content? Like, we've said it a million times. We miss... The extra features on DVDs. We miss being able to have access to the the behind the scenes. They just did a TikTok of Melissa McCarthy's makeup application for Ursula. And I commented on every social media outlet that Disney has. More of this, please. Do a whole show. Show me the concept design. Show me, you know, making a mold of her face and the wig. Show me how it's applied. Show me all of that. And that's reality television, so it's cheaper to make. And I I think I might get my wish, quite honestly, because that's what they're going to need right now, is they're going to need quick turnover and cheaply made. So points for reality. 
I'm all for it. I hope that means job security for me. Um, but I just that I, I hope that everybody has their eyes wide open for what this means for streaming because it is affecting them big time. Yeah, and the Lake Nona project got canceled, and this is where I'm not going to launch into a whole conversation because I, I have done a fairly good job of not talking politics on this show because, unfortunately, if you're somebody who gets triggered by the talk of politics, you're the exact problem that we have right now because we can't just have dialogues where people are on two sides of the fence. You're either right or you're wrong. So I have to sit here and protect us and not say one way or the other how I feel. But I'm also willing to be bipartisan and look down the middle, something that mainstream media doesn't do. And I'm willing to look at this from the perspective of canceling the Lake Nona project from a financial standpoint makes a lot of sense in the world after they have announced that they are pulling these titles from Disney+. Plus. Right. This is all a financial decision. The fact that you are pulling your own content that you told us you were not going to pull, to devalue a company to save a billion and a half in tax money, the fact that you would then cancel a billion dollar construction project, not a shock whatsoever because you're doing it to save money. Well, they're also, this is part of the massive layoffs. Chapek gave everyone the ultimatum, you you either move to Florida and keep your job or you part ways with the company. So now you're laying off 7,000 people. You don't need to move those 7,000 people anymore. Correct. And those, and, and now it, unfortunately those who did decide to leave, they're kind of left in a conundrum. And, and the thing is, Fox 35, Good Day Orlando, you know, they had the video up. The realtor buy the Lake Nona property, you know, sold a lot of these properties to the cast members that moved out. He said he hasn't, he's, he's followed up with these people. They're not looking to put their properties up. They're looking to stay here. They don't want to go back to California. They've already made the move. It's also cheaper to operate a business here in Florida than it is in California. I don't care if you love or hate Ron DeSantis. This Lake Nona thing has nothing to do with Ron DeSantis because people with keyboard courage were so quick to go up. There's DeSantis costing Flutton. No, this has to do with money and it has to do with Disney trying to save money. If you can't see past that by virtue of their yanking down their own properties that you are supposed to have access to all of the time as a paid member of their streaming service, then you are just, you are the blind leading the blind and you can't deal with the truth. This has nothing to do with politics and it has everything to do with how this conversation started, which was, I think Disney was in a lot more trouble than any of us realized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I give Bob Iger a lot of credit for ultimately being the fall guy for all of this because that's why he's here. No, I, we He's said, being paid well to be the fall guy, but he is coming back to take it on the chin and be the bad guy. We did say that when they removed Chapek as, wow, 
if they're not going to let him ride this out, this must be worse than we thought. This is the worst than we thought. It absolutely is. And I feel like we're not out of it yet. I don't think so either. Um, So on that note... (laughs) On that note, thank you all so much for joining us on this Dockside Chat. Go drink some tequila. Uh, In fact, I think that is going to be our word. Our good friends over at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. have gifted us with a straw charm to give away to one of you. The first person to DM us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or email us, monorealradio at gmail.com. The world tequila, because we need tequila right now. We all need tequila right now. Uh, the first person to email us that word or DM us that word is going to win a straw charm courtesy of our good friends over at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Cheers. Cheers, my friends. Yes, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monorail Radio. Be sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. And for links to everything related to the show, it is always going to be online at monorailradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. 